Recorded live in Balcata, Western Australia, the hoon capital of the world, this is Talking Power. Gap is what happens uh, when you hold to the floor and crush the man next to you. There's space in between your back bumper and your front bumper. We, uh, in the South, we refer to it as the Gap Band. Well, I think, you know, Formula One is for grown-ups. hope you've had or having a great Christmas. Depends on when you're listening to this podcast. This is episode 20 of the Talk and Power podcast. It's a little bit different, our format for this one. We're talking with a number of our sponsors that have helped us out with the Camry. So in this episode, we'll be chatting with Jamie Stoltari at Shift Kits Australia, Stu Bond at WA Suspensions, Johnny Alardi at Benzene's Detailing, and Sandro Principe at SCM Performance. We need to thank all of our other sponsors as well. They are Simon at All Fast Torque Converters, Trevor at BG Mechanical, Paul at Keys Transmissions, Rob at Monster Torque, Mick at Overboost, Matt at Mac One Air Conditioning, Rob and Mick from OTR Tires in Midland, Chris from Challenge Batteries, and Grant from Performaz Turbocharging. Thanks for all your help, guys. It's much appreciated. Anyway, let's get stuck into the interviews. First up, Jamie Stoltari from Shift Kits Australia. Hello, Jamie. It's Nick from the Talk and Power podcast. How are you? Not bad, mate. Not bad. That's good. Hey, look, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, we just wanted to touch base and go through some of the things that Shift Kits Australia do. So, look, looking from the outside, looking in, there's a whole variety of products that you guys offer to the aftermarket industry. Would that, that, that be correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, uh, yeah, electronic shift kits and uh, fuel injection, custom fuel injection systems, all sorts of uh, vehicle electronics, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. One of the things that sort of captured me was sort of the interface uh, modules, I guess we'll call them, for for uh, the later model transmissions to be retrofitted to to a variety of different applications. Are you able to talk us through? I know you do a lot of work with Simon, our co-host on the podcast, with his transmissions and, and all-fast torque converters business. Can you talk us through a bit about that? Okay, yeah. So um, we've got uh, a whole host of different controllers for, um, yeah, uh, Ford BTR transmissions, um, RE4 transmissions for controls, Mm-hmm. Um, which will basically let you run the transmission uh, with a full programmable setup behind the, the engine um, that's yeah, not factory pretty much. So yeah, obviously okay. the guys yeah. doing LS conversion on the patrols and um, all that sort of stuff um, have issues of the gears not being on schedule at the right time. So 
yeah. you put a programmable controller in there and you've got full control over all your upshift and downshift points and all that. So it yeah. works out quite well, yeah. Yeah, okay. Because you did yeah. a similar similar thing for the Camry that we're in the in the process of building. So, uh, that, and then Simon went on to tell me that that's one of the products that you're offered to a variety of different different transmissions. So no, I thought that was quite yeah. interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, basically, we're doing the full manual controls as well, which will turn your normal Ford BTR four speed into a full manual transmission. Okay. Um, all electronically. Uh, so, yeah, we can do that with the Fords and the uh, Holden 4L60s as well, yeah. Okay. Oh, very interesting. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jamie, but you started out a number of years ago. You've been around for a while, but one of the first products you did was a, was a shift kit for the four-speed auto behind the five litres of the Fords of the day? Yeah, the, uh, yeah, the V8s and also the six-cylinders, yep. uh, like the EV Falcons right through to the AUs, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay, all right. Yeah, no, I, re- I remember you from back then, and um, some of that stuff was... was there wasn't a lot available for for us Ford guys in those who had those cars back then, so I remember some of the some of the stuff that you were doing back then was pretty cutting edge for, for the, I mean, I guess it was the early 2000s and late 90s we're talking here. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I started up around 2002, around there, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So um, basically trying to say there wasn't a lot of aftermarket support for the BTRs and that sort of stuff in the Falcons, so we had to do something with them, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Now... You're the Australian distributor or reseller or dealer for Mega Squirt. Can you tell us a bit about their range? Yeah, so basically, um, yeah, the Mega Squirt ECUs are um, yeah quite a powerful computer, which uh, not many people sort of know about. Um, they uh, t- people tend to hear about the uh, normal brand names that you hear around Australia, but the Mega Squirt is a US-based uh, ECU. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a number of different ECUs that are available depending on what features you need, um, but uh, very very powerful units and uh, yeah, very easy to adapt to any sort of engine um, in any vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've done a lot of sorry. Yeah, I've done a lot of conversions with the Megasquirt computers and uh, all sorts of weird weird engines uh, like uh, W12 engines and that sort of stuff. So not your normal V8. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and they uh, run on no worries. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what that's what's gone into the Camry as well. So it's um it's quite quite an impressive. That's movement. right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, very yeah. good, very good. Um, what are some of the other products you do as well? Are you able to, like I know you do a, a whole uh, fuel injection kit, um, throttle body. Yeah, body. yeah. Basically, all, all custom fuel injection systems and that sort of stuff. But um, more so now, I'm doing a lot more um, auto electrical. So. Um, a lot of engine swaps, um, custom fuel injection systems, rewiring vehicles, um, all that sort of stuff, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, so I've sort of, yeah, taken on different avenue, but, um, yeah, yeah all, all custom stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the other things that I think is the next probably growth industry, I guess, is GPS tracking. I see you do that as well. Have you seen the market yeah. in that? Yeah, well, basically, um, I've, I've been working in the GPS industry for about 15, 16 years as well. Mm. Um, so I do, do provide a tracking service for the car enthusiasts, um, which is basically a standalone tracker that uh, logs where your car is and, and uh, reports it all to a server every few minutes. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's basically 
it's a good way to go these days because there's a lot of cars getting stolen and, and that sort of stuff. So if you know if you've got some sort of chance of finding it, it's well worth having. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, very good. So just talk us through your own ride. Um, you, you've got something that you drive around on the weekends that you're able to tell us about? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've got a um, 1966 Ford Futura Sports Coupe. Uh, basically, it's a two-door American version of um, or what we see as the XR Falcon over here. Um, so that's running uh, 351 Cleveland uh, with um, individual throttle body fuel injection. Yeah, yeah. It is a unique setup that car. Right? The only reason why I bring it up is I know I was I was behind you for most of the Ace Ford Club cruise this year uh, when we pulled. Well, we went from Curtin Uni to to uh, Naval Base there, and I, it was a beautiful sounding car. Ran really crisp and clean, and uh, I remember looking under the hood and thought, "Wow, this is this is definitely a, a really cool setup." So, yeah, yeah. Um, I just basically had to, I'm one for doing stuff differently, and uh, yeah, I just got sick of seeing Hollies on, on all these 351s and did something different, yeah. Do yeah. You, is there much of a market for that sort of thing these days, or is that sort of. Um, there is and isn't. Uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of people that show interest in it, but when it comes down to the crunch, it's sort of probably out of their price range or what they really want to spend on, on setting up, so. Um, I mean, I've done a couple similar setups for guys, um, but yeah, it's not a not a real common thing. I think most guys sort of uh, opt out for the sort of uh, the four barrel holy and go that way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sort of uh, it's, it's sort of yeah, the individual throttles. It's it's getting out there, but not really common at this stage. Yeah. Mm, okay. Just, um, no, it's a beautiful yeah. looking car, and it's a testament to the work that you 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 do there. Um, where do you see what, what sort of new products are coming like on into Australia in the next few years? Where, and where do you see like what you guys do? Where do you, where do you see that going? Um, well, basically, yeah, we're working more um, with the well, I'm working more of the fuel injection side of things. So um, obviously, using the mega squirt computers and that sort of stuff. Um, so there's a lot, lot more technology coming into those ECUs. Um, there's a lot of good features for racing applications and that sort of stuff, uh, where they do all the onboard traction control and all that sort of stuff as well. Yep. So there's a fair bit of um, technology that's, that's coming out in those, and um, we'll be implementing that in some vehicles as well to see how it all goes. Yeah, okay. Um, and then we'll keep developing um, different transmission controls for different vehicles and applications. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. All right, Jamie, where can we find you on Facebook? you got a Shift Kits Australia Facebook page? Is that yeah, correct? Shift Kits Australia on Facebook. Uh, otherwise, the website, it's www.shiftkits.com.au. Yep. Um, yeah, so those, those two, uh, you can contact me through the website or through Facebook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's a very good website, actually, I must say. I've, I've been on it the last few days and I've found it very, very good and easy to use. So if you're listening out there, get on, head on over to www.shiftkits.com.au or look you up on Facebook. Okay, Jamie. Yeah, no worries. Look, thanks for your time. Right, and look, and thanks for your help with the the camera. It's much appreciated. We're working through it, and uh, it's it's uh, we had it running yesterday, and it sounded awfully mean, I must say, for for a time. Uh, yeah. so, uh, we really appreciate yeah. your help that you've put in with that car. No worries. Thanks, Nick. All right, take care, Jamie. All the best. Okay. See Cheers, you. Bye. Bye. We'd like to thank Jamie for all his help. It's been a lot of work he's put into the to the car to date. Anyway, moving right along. Some of you may know this gentleman from his commentary or commentating 
at the Ravenswood Raceway. Stu Bond has been in the industry for some time. He now runs WA Suspensions and is part owner there. We managed to catch up with Stu. Hello, Nick. I'm very, very well. Happy Christmas to you, mate. Same to you, Stu. Same to you. Uh, thanks for thanks for being able to do this. Oh, not a problem. It's going to be fun so long as I don't get too loose. No, that's all keep right. Me, keep me between the lines, my friend. <laughs> no worries, Stu. No worries. <laughs> Hey, look, Stu, I just want to start by, uh, look, thanking you for helping us out with the Camry. Uh, we're not quite finished yet, but it, it should soon be done in the coming weeks. Um, WA Suspension's been around a long time. Um, tell us a bit about what you guys actually do there. Uh, I guess it would be considered that we're the, the, the foremost... Um, independent suspension shop in WA. Uh, to be fair to the market, uh, of course, there's, there's the big chains that you can always go and see, but they, they tend to uh, do everything the same way. They, they don't work outside the box. Um, Rod and Kay Ryan started the business, I would guess, 34, 35 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, coincidentally, Rod Ryan uh, was an apprentice with Peter Wilkinson's Wilkinson suspension, and that that's a great family business that's grown up and up. And um, as WA suspension sort of grew in Osborne Park, Wilkie's grew over in Bayswater. Um, a fellow called Colin came to work for WA suspension, and after several years, left and he opened Malaga suspension. So you've got these three premium shops that uh, vary in their their componentry so we use Lovells, Bilstein and uh, KYB and Coney whereas Pete is a King Spring shop and Malaga's are a uh, Dobinson shop but we all basically do the same thing. Um, the majority of our work over the last couple of months has been GVM upgrades where we take a, a vehicle that has a load capacity of say six, seven hundred kilos and uh, using a federally tested kit, um, we can increase the load capacity of the vehicle by, well, say, a 79 series Land Cruiser. We can take it up to 3,900 kilos. If it's a single cab, it might be 4,200 kilos. So that's really handy in industry where you need you know, the occasional big loads and stuff so they can do it safely and, and the vehicles work well. Um, but what I really like is um, the, the, the repair and maintenance work, especially on pre-78 model cars. Uh, we're, we're doing a lot of stuff with left-hand drives. Um, we're learning about that as we go. The main thing we're learning is that um, it's very difficult to get the parts you need to put these cars back on the road driving as good as they were on day one. Yes. So uh, my partner in the business has been over to the States. He was the one who was at SEMA and uh, he's been talking to people who can supply us with uh, genuine power steering units and uh, direct replacement uh, steering arms and all the things that we just can't get here in Australia. Mm-hmm. And um, we're hoping that that'll sort of fall into place in the new year and, and will become the, the premier left-hand drive muscle car and restoration shop as well. Nice. Um, yeah, we do our own in-house wheel aligning. We do all sorts of mods. I mean, we put a five-link into, into a Plymouth Charger. We um, did a couple of uh, early model Falcons with VS steering box conversions uh, earlier this year. Uh, pardon me, this year. Um, so, yeah, we like to do the things that other people think are a little bit 
too hard and maybe a yeah. bit too awkward. Yep. Yeah, that's basically us. Yeah, I know. I, many years ago, I bought my XW in there. I think it was before you were you were running it. And I know at the time, like you know, you I just got the car lowered, but I know there's a whole complement of of parts and 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 labour services that you can do when when doing that sort of thing. So that's obviously still the case. So like changing bushes and mm -hmm. and all those sorts of things as well, I would assume. Well, one of the things that uh, Rod learnt over the years was um, by put quality parts into cars. If yeah. if people can't afford to do a quality job, we do the best we can to reduce our labour and and try to cut corners, but we won't cut corners on parts. Yeah. So we use Super Pro bushes. So they're polyurethane guaranteed for life. But if you bring in an early Holden to us, we might do the Super Pro bushes on the lower arms, but put genuine rubbers in the upper arms, okay. because we know that's a good combination. We we sort of we know what works in these cars and gives you you know a good 15, 20 years of life. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that that's probably where we're a little bit different to the average mechanic. Yeah. Okay. Also, can you just, I know you touched a little bit on what you did over, well, what your business partner looked at over in SEMA. So are there any other new products you can tell us about that will be coming through in WA suspensions shortly? Um, at the moment, yeah, these control arms and uh, power steering boxes, direct replacement power steering boxes, are what we're most excited about, um, mainly for... The mid-sized Chevys, the Camaros, Mustangs, um, some of the earlier stuff. I mean, these, these cars in America are serviced every day and they service them with, with reproduction parts. And we just can't get our hands on those parts here. Um, I'm going to go and talk to the Department of Transport about uh, any issues with these being installed. I want to make sure that they they are transport compliant before we start importing them. I don't want someone who's got a you know, beautiful car to be you know, given a defect because they've got better steering arms on the car and, yeah. and no one knows about it. I know the department doesn't like uh, adjustability on steering arms. Well, these ones are going to be a fixed pivot. They'll have the uh, caster um, corrected in the arm, so where the ball joints go in will be you know, change of alignment. Um, but yeah, they're going to be, as far as we're concerned, a direct replacement part. They're not going to be like a, a racing part or anything like that. So we shouldn't have trouble with them on the street because I can currently do exactly that with a set of arms for a 200 series Land Cruiser and it's, that they have no problems. There's a couple of different arms in the marketplace where they will give you grief, but uh, we can we can purchase a fixed arm that will go into the car and solve all the, all the alignment issues, but it doesn't uh, end up with the cops you know, hammering you on the head. And especially when you pay you know, three, four, five thousand dollars for a GVM upgrade and some nice parts to be put on the car to carry load yeah. and then you're going to get pinged because your front arms aren't compliant and the car then you know risks being put off the road I don't think that's um that's a very cool deal yeah. so we need to do it properly yeah as things get harder we just need to work harder to make sure that we're legal yeah okay no fair enough yeah enough. Stu, I just want to touch quickly I don't I know you I, I don't want to dwell on it too much but a lot of people that have started coming into the drags in the last 10 years probably don't know you, but in my mind, you're still the voice of drag racing in Western Australia, uh, even though you haven't commentated at the track for well, quite some time now. Probably about five years, I think, yeah. yeah. Okay. Tell us a bit about how you got into that, because as I said, I, I know you as, as the voice of drag racing for Western Australia. 
Um, I was doing my apprenticeship at a little panel shop in Main Street with a, a fellow called Phil Cummings, and Phil was great mates with uh, Pete and Ross Collings. Um, they ran the Super B and the Fireball Alters, and then Pete decided he wanted to put a funny car body on the car. Now, I didn't know that Phil was that Phil. I was going down the drags with my mates from the oh, 1975 onwards um, and being the hoon, and I was playing my bugle on the start line and playing taps every time a Chevy blew up, and it was just you know, having a hoot and uh, getting abused by people who wear bow tyres, which never really bothered me. Um, and then one day Phil said, oh, um, we're going to be working on the race car this weekend. And I thought he must have meant like a circuit racing car. And he said, no, no, the, the drag racing cars. And I could then tell him all about them, which surprised him. I said, yeah, I'm always there seeing them race. So I was invited into the pits, which in those days was like 20 cars. And you'd go onto that little little bitumen apron down the back under the sheds. And it was just glorious to be in the pits with the real racers and kept going and kept going and um i think it was 82 or 83 uh when keith tyler was convinced that he should sell the track and the consortium of the miosevichs the prendergast and the collings has purchased it mm -hmm. and then i was having beers at uh, swan automatics on a friday afternoon as we would do and um they said, oh, we're going down the track on Sunday to do this. And I said, that's very kind of you to do that for Keith. And they said, no, no, we bought the track. So they were going down to lay slabs and sort the mound out and do stuff like that. So I just drove down and gave them a hand and, and just like one of the boys had a barbecue and a beer. Yeah. And a couple of weeks later, I'd, I'd been oh, frantically roller skating and working in roller rinks after, after hours. And they said to me, you've been a DJ person before. And I went, yeah. And I said, well, we've got Steve Eagles in and we've got Steve Murray and we've got all these other people that are really good talking about the supercharged cars, but they all need a break while yeah. you know, the street cars are running. And I said, oh, like guys like Quentin Bice and his Tirana and you know, all these other guys. Yeah. And they said, yeah, 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 you know those guys. Come down and grab a microphone. And that was it. They couldn't get me out of the box after that. And in the end, as other people went off to do things, Steve got his bike running, so I ended up talking about the bikes. And there was a long period of time where I was the only one there, and I kept saying to them, we've got to bring more people in. We need to you know, continue building up from the base at um, young Richie Howlett became available and he was very young at the time and I said, Kind, let him in, let him come and do stuff with us and, and Richie's really matured into someone very special. He he loves the car scene. Um, and and basically up to a point where we knew that uh, while well, I was graduating university and Gary Miosevich said to me, What are you doing at uni? I didn't know you were there and I said, Yeah, I've just spent you know, five years doing a media and marketing degree with you know with journalism and photography as minors because I don't think people represent the sport terribly well. And he said, well, I'll give you a job. And I went to work in the office with Ray Treasure and we had quite a good time filling Ravens went up to the point where the toilets didn't work because you had too many people in there. Um, and then, yeah, they, they said, well, that's it. That's all we can do. And I said, well, why don't we try and move up to the city? And that's become history, basically. Um, Gary has done a tremendous amount for WA drag racing. I don't, people, I don't think people understand exactly how much he's put into it, not only physically but mentally and, uh, and also financially. He's spent a lot of the, the family's money making sure that the sport was going to have a solid home here. Mm. Um, and I'm forever in his debt because he always gave me a job you know, until I decided that I couldn't work there anymore. Um, I was always welcome in the place. So, yeah. and it's it's actually fun now, Nick. You know, going down there and being anonymous. Yeah. Um, yeah. Only all the old farts know me, and 
the young people I stand there and listen to them talking about the sport and they definitely have a different perspective yeah. uh, to the way I was doing it. And if I was sitting in the box instead of being out there listening to them, I wouldn't look at it through their eyes. And I think that's what's missing in the sport a little bit, that mm. people aren't sitting out listening to the audience. They're, they're too busy sitting you know, somewhere comfortable with their mates saying the same things over and over. So, yeah, we need to get out of that habit a bit. You know? yeah, okay. And and there was a generational change in drag racing. You know, the, the mid to late 80s, this new generation came through and pushed it really hard. And I think that was part of the excitement. Um, yeah. But the older people who always wanted to influence the sport um, seem to have it in a stranglehold again. And uh, anyone who disagrees with them um, is told to shut up fairly quickly. Yeah. No, fair enough, Stu. Well, no, I appreciate that. Just a quick question about your own ride. Do you still have the F truck? <laughs> no, I don't. Young fellow loved it more than me, and, and he just offered me money for it. And I went, yeah, okay. Um, cool guy. I only spoke to him three or four times. Um, came into work in an FC station wagon, said he does up old Triumph motorcycles and they look silly on the back of his Hilux and he was going to get rid of the Hilux and he wanted to you know, poke him on the back of my F-truck. So after he came back the third or fourth time and his dad took it for a drive, uh, he said, yep, okay, we'll swap the car for money. I'm actually looking for a, um, a C10, 63 through to 70 model C10 right now because I'd like to, to bring it in absolutely stock standard if I can find one, get it all licensed, and then over the next year use it as a, a, a base for us to, to develop from so we can you know, record the changes and things like that. But that um, that's sort of a, a side project. Well, Stu, we really appreciate your help and expertise. Not a problem. Well, Stu, I know Simon and myself look look up to you uh, and respect your views on uh, drag racing in WA. Well, Nick, I'm going to tell you a little story right now just before we go. It's not going to get anyone in trouble, but you guys absolutely love uh, Daryl Eastlake yapping on about uh, Brendan McSweeney and John Zapier. You do. Do you know who was standing in the middle of the track when that happened? It was me. I was over there doing the commentary, and all weekend... Uh, Gerald McDornan had been giving me shit about being from Western Australia and I think the Eagles must have had a bad year and it was West Australia this, West Australia that. And um, John and Brendan, my memory is that John and Brendan went out in an early round and I'd spoken to Steve and uh, Betts and said, are you going to bring these guys out and do that feature race thing? And everyone was expecting it was going to be John and, um, and Victor, but Victor was still in. So he did bring out uh, Brendan and John to race against each other and they were both pretty amped up because they'd lost in the first round. Um, when uh, the cars left, John got out of the way, as everyone's seen on YouTube, go and see it, and headed for the grass. And what you might not be able to get from YouTube, there is a pretty good shot of it from the front that I remember seeing on the big screen. John's actually blipping the throttle all the time that he's on the grass. He's like, bop, 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 like you do with a motocross bike when you're trying to keep the back loose so that it doesn't try to come around on you. And listening to this, it must have stabbed it three or four times and then slowly brought the car back onto the track. And I thought, what an awesome bit of driving, as you would do, because anyone else might have gone into a panic, turned hard, tipped the car over, hit the wall, who knows? You know, there's a million things that could have gone wrong and only one thing that could go right, and John did it the right way. So I was pretty pumped up that it was all saved and the audience was going off their head. And uh, I do remember from the commentary box I heard... 
Um, Andrew should look into that. He's off the, he's out of there. He did not get off the throttle when he went out, out of bounds. Andrew should ban him. This car should be banned from racing. Blah, 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 blah. And, and then aimed at me. And I don't know why, except that they were just trying to you know, give me shit. I'm the new guy there. Do you all drive like that in Western Australia? And, and I said, calm down. John's a good guy. I saw him talking to Bob earlier on and maybe he thought he'd just go out there and mow the lawn for him a little bit. Since the race is over, I'll give the lawn a bit of a mow and say thanks to Bob. Thumbs up and away we go. And I was, I was pretty incensed, you know, that he was... And, and it went on for the rest of the day, all this shit about Zapier's car you know, needs to be looked at and he should be taken to tribunal for, for driving the car on the grass. And it just stunned me because they did the voiceover about two weeks later. Absolutely stunned me that they turned my words around and turned that little bit of racing into a feature after being so negative in front of the audience in Victoria. And I thought that just, it taught me a lot about the insincerity of, of you know, some drag racing people. You know, they'll say anything they can to, to pump themselves up at that motor, at that, that sorry, at that moment and not matter how much impact or negative impact it was going to have to the sport or to a racer out there and uh, it's been one of the great lessons of my life and hopefully all the commentary I've done I've always tried to turn a negative into a positive and that's advice to anyone uh, in their lives if you've got the opportunity to talk about an event that happens around you look for the positive acknowledge the negative but say hey that didn't go really well but we got this this and this out of it and we can build from here and, uh, yeah, if there was more of that in our sport, I'm absolutely sure we'd be in a different place today. The other thing that we all need to consider is the people who are currently asking for our permission to drive the drag racing bus are the ones who have been driving it for the last 25 years. They don't know how we got to where we are right now. How can we trust them to drive us back to where we need to be? Is that too controversial for Christmas? Nah, not at all. <laughs> Stu. Really, thanks for your time today. We really appreciate it. I hope everyone has a fantastic break and uh, looking forward to next year. Um, if it's been hard the last three months for some of the businesses around you, not by yourself because um, Perth is a bit quiet, but there's lots of encouragement, lots of people talking about good things next year. So let's all look forward to it. And thank you very much for your show, guys. It's fantastic. <laughs> thanks, Drew. We loved having you on. Okay, mate. Cheers. We really appreciate Stu's time and his insight into all things drag racing and suspension, of course, and for his help that he's put into the Camry as well. Moving right along, we caught up with Johnny Alardi. I've known Johnny for a long time. Uh, he runs Benzene Detailing and does a lot of high-end detailing work. All right, Johnny, uh, thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Glad to see you. How's things going there? Yeah, no, everything's good, mate. Um, yeah, we obviously uh, into that point of time. Uh, Christmas is coming, and uh, it's obviously good weather. So uh, we, you know, see a big influx of you know uh, street machines and all those sort of cars, uh, especially coming at some motivation around the corner as well. So yeah, it's uh, it's a really exciting and uh, busy time. Oh, good, good. So that keeps you busy. That this obviously this time of the year as we head into the into the into the season. So, anything exciting coming through the shop at the moment? Um, just let me think. Uh, top of my head, yeah, we've got we've probably got like um probably stuff that we've already done um during the year. Obviously, we've got a, um 
We've got a couple of guys from the WA going to some of that. Yep. So um, we'll have you in again just before um, Christmas. We'll probably see the Vampire Panel Van um, in just before Christmas. Yep. Um, and we've got a few new guys that haven't been to some of that before that are going for the first time um, that have booked in for, for the for the week just before Christmas as well. So, um, yeah, so we'll have some, some you know regulars and we'll have some new ones as well. And then we've obviously got some new... There's some new WA cars getting built that we'll probably see uh, before motivation as well. So, yeah, okay. it's just pretty cool to uh, do the cars for the first time. So that's, that's exciting. Oh, excellent. That's good to hear. It's good to hear. Yeah. Um, I saw you had uh, a f- on Facebook, actually, you've, you posted a photo with Chris Bidmead's uh, XB boss. Tell us the work you did yep. on, on that car. Yeah, look, I'm not going to say, you know, we've done a lot of work on it. Um, obviously, Greg Maskell uh, painted the car. Um, over in uh, Shepparton. Um, so he's obviously done the majority of the detailing. He does a lot of it before he goes to the show, like at, at his shop, um, including the machine work, the buffing and all that sort of stuff. And he gets it to a point where when we get to the show, you know, we're just doing like the lunch over, you know, the, the final stuff and, and any little, you know, bits and pieces that, um, you know, that we need to fix on on the day, then, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give a hand with that. So okay. <clears throat> for, for me, it's more... more just the final sort of stuff, and yeah. Yeah. Um, and with uh, with Xbox, it's always another eyes, another set of eyes, which is um, you know obviously before judging in that, it doesn't hurt you know to have a different perspective as well, and sure. like someone that's always seen the car constantly. So sure. um, yeah, it was uh, you know I, I actually asked Chris this you know when we first started going, if he was mine, he was happy to have me, and and he said yeah you know more the merrier, and um, like I said yeah many hands my light work so right. um and that car's got a lot of uh, real estate to cover especially in the detailing side so yeah okay. so we just play a small that's what i say it's a small part but yeah so it's still, still a bit of an important part as well yeah okay oh that's great um yeah we caught up at the all four day uh this year and we had a, a chat a brief chat and we sort of discussed about where where we see things going in the future what, how, how do you see the future of, especially in WA, the automotive industry? Like, where, where do you see the aftermarket and the the customised stuff heading towards this year, in the next yeah, well, few years? Well, I think if we can get the, the retro sort of thing, sort of things uh, sorted, yeah. I think um, it, it's only going to get bigger because um, I think there's a uh, how do you how would you say there's a, you know. There's a lot more people just, you know, you don't even have to be sort of like a car guy anymore to actually, you know, jump in one of these old cars or street machine or anything. You know, you're just finding like really guys, it's a community now, uh, especially seeing with cars and coffee. Um, and there's all the other cars and coffee things, you know, uh, you know, related uh, events happening. Yeah. And people just, you know, loving getting in, in their car. And it doesn't need to be, you know, a full out show car. It just needs to be nice, you know, tidy, you know, and... Cruiser, even, and I'm talking even like, you know, the older Commodores are now getting, um, you know, uh, prices are going up because they're getting, you know, uh, that, that generation now is looking at, at that sort of car and, and I reckon that's cool. So I just think, you know, it's just going to keep getting bigger and better because, um, yeah, as long as we can sort out and, uh, you know, the regular rules and all, and all that is, um, is, goes forward, then I think uh, there's still, there's going to be a big demand, especially aftermarket. Um, and not even aftermarket, just even the the, um, the classic sort of side of things as well. Um, yeah. More people are going to want to restore them. 
Um, you got you know people handing down you know grandparents handing down cars, and you, you see the kids wanting to get into that as well. I think so. Yeah. I still think that um, it's going to be a pretty strong for for, for a while. Yeah. Nah. Agree, agree. Um, we spoke to you at the uh, Hot Rod show earlier in the year about your XW. One of the cars you didn't really talk about much was your was your Premier as well. So that's just hit the road again. Can you tell us a bit about that one? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't talk about it because, like I said, it, it always gets pushed into the corner. I've had it probably when we bought the workshop in in, in Mangara almost four years ago. We that was the first car that actually rolled into the shop. Um, and it, and probably since then, yeah, it's just been always that the car or the project that gets put to the bottom of the list um, when we're trying to do everything else. So obviously we're trying to grow the business. Um, we're trying to, you know, then we, then we uh, decide to do the XW again. Um, and then, yeah, obviously all these other, and obviously all our customers' projects and cars and all that all take priority. So that yeah. was the one that always got put in the back burner. So I just chipped away at it, you know, when it was, you know, quiet in winter or anything like that or we had some cancellations. Um, that's when I worked on it, and that was the whole idea of having the car too. I didn't expect it to take this long, but that was the idea to work on it when when times were quiet. But yeah. luckily for me, I didn't have many quiet times. Hence, why it's taken a lot, lot of uh, a lot longer than I expected to to get it where it's at. Sure. Yep. No. So, and yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's a. Uh, it, it, yeah, HC, it's Premier. We've done a V8 conversion. It's got a 350 Chevy in it now, mm-hmm. Turbo 350. Uh, LSD D4, brand new driveline, um, and it's just a tidy up of the paintwork, you know, quick, quick, uh, once over the paintwork, and, you know, just the usual stuff, bushes, suspension, everything, so it's all roadworthy and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's it's not a major build, but it's a pretty cool, you know, like mini rest style, I call it, so that's no, no, a good car. No, beautiful car, I like that. I like it a lot, actually. Yeah. It's quite nice. All right, Johnny. Look, uh, where can where can our listeners find you? I know you're on Facebook, so it's Benzines Detailing on Facebook. Yep. Where else can they find you? Yeah, we've got we've got Facebook. Um, we're on Instagram, obviously. Um, um, you can come and see us at the factory, but yeah, we're probably it's probably not the best idea at the moment. We've been been so busy, but like if you go to Custom Cars and Coffee, um, mm. we're one of the sponsors there, so that's probably one of the best places and one of the most places we get. At least we can talk to people there as well we can have a chat and always you can even bring me to your car if you if need be and that's that's a good good thing to have um you know we can just be hands-on and 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 visually see what we're dealing with so yeah. cars and coffee is a good one um but yeah more than welcome if you want to come to the workshop room and go out just give me a call and make an appointment and i'm happy to sit down and have a chat you know with anyone that wants anything done so yeah all right, no worries, Johnny. Well, thanks for your time today on the uh, Talk and Power podcast. Um, we'll, we'll talk to you, no doubt, in the near future. And thanks for coming on board with the Camry as well. No, no problem. I look forward to, to right. seeing everyone the sun. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> thanks, Johnny. <laughs> thanks, Nick. Bye-bye. No problem. I'd like to thank Johnny for his time. Um, as I said, I've known Johnny for a long time, and his help has been really appreciated. Okay, last but not least... I will catch up with Sandro from SCM Performance. All right, Sandro, uh, thanks for joining us. Sandro, um, for those of you that uh, don't know yourself or, or who you work for, it's uh, SCM Race Engines and Performance. Just tell us a bit about what uh, what you do and what SCM do there. Well, basically what we do is we um, cater for all aspects of the motorsport, whether it's circuit racing, um, drag racing, and uh, obviously like Wanneroo mm-hmm. and Speedway. Um, and, yeah, we, we deal like from top-end engines um, to Group 2 stuff to your normal everyday streeters. 
yeah. um, for the guys that do restos. Um, we also offer a, a dyno tuning service um, with the chassis. We've got a dyno jet, um, 2,000 horsepower, 200 mile an hour mm-hmm. um, dyno. Yep. And we do everyday late model um, logbook servicing for for people as well. We've got a, another section that we do. There's another guy that does that. Um, I predominantly just build race engines and, um, well, build engines, I should say, and basically just tune with carbies and that, modify them and tune them. Yeah, yeah. So it really is a turnkey sort of solution. I mean, I've, I've been there a few times myself, and I know it's basically your customers can literally walk in and, and walk out with a, with a turnkey solution, can't they? Yeah, yeah. Basically, Nick, what I do is um, guys come in, like we've been doing of lately, full resto um, jobs and... Like I use um, two other partners that do it all is obviously Greg Itch, uh, Auto Electrics and Performance. Mm-hmm. He'll do all my auto electrical um, fabbing, and then I'll, I'll obviously build the engine, um, get it all you know on the engine dyno, get all the data, and then I basically just give all that data to Simon at Allfast. He'll basically give me a gearbox, converter combo, and recommend the diff ratio. We have a chat about that, and basically gives me a whole driveline package. Um, and between them, yeah, we I cannot complain or fault it. Yeah. We've had major success, and it's good to work with guys that are passionate about it, you know? Yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. a number of your customers have, have had uh, success, like a lot of the guys down the track have come through, and I'll see the photos come through on Facebook. I think Johnny was one of the latest ones as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's good. It's really good to see uh, the dyno cell, or the dyno, the dyno jet, the single roller. That's a two. Th- so you're saying that's a two thousand horsepower, two hundred mile an hour dyno. Yeah. yeah yep. Okay. Yep. All right. I've had to date. I've been 198 mile an hour on it. Oh, wow. It's pretty scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've seen so it. I've seen the room, and I've seen it's quite quite an impressive unit. Yeah, the rooms got got built in America. Yep. Um, then it came here, and we put it all up. Um, and obviously we set it all up, you know, and run it through. Had the guys come over when we first had it, set it all, and, yeah, it's been good, you know. I mean, you know, like a few people say, like, they, they, they do read um, increased numbers. The only difference is we can anchor it yeah. properly and run, you know, you can run your slicks mm. um, on it. It doesn't hurt your slicks, and it's a good, good base. So basically what I do with a lot of guys, like, as you just said about success with Johnny and all that, um... We run them up on the engine dyno, get the package, you know, obviously like with all fast and that, um, with the converter and gearboxes and that, mm-hmm. get it all done, go to the track, and then we know we've got our baseline, then I'll just put it on the rollers and chase that little one and two, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then go back to the track and we see improvements, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So... Also, Sandro, just um, some of the products that you you guys also represent or, or resell. VP Racing Fuels. They got a new PSX Plus out. Is that is that correct? Yeah, yes, that's correct. What they've done is the old PSX had a lot of oxygen mm-hmm. and not a lot of um, octane in it, yep. and it was a real narrow window. And basically, what they've done now is um, they've taken the oxygen content out and basically giving it more octane rating, which is giving it a wider window like Rue 16, and basically giving it... um, What they've done is that they've given it, like, a more of a scope for the average guy to tune with, and it does make more power. Like, the specific gravity is just a little bit more than Rue 16. Yeah. 
Okay. And basically, like they've made it now, so it's the same price as the sportsman guys yeah. uh, that are using Rue 16, and you can have, you know, basically run and make a bit more power, yeah, which okay. it does. I also know Brad Penn Oils. I know you've been doing the Brad Penn stuff for some time now, so that's that's also another range of products in your in your scope. Yeah, well. yep. yeah, it does, and it sells good. And even we do the the engine oils from zero thirty up to your, your seventy weight, and they do the um, Type F, the original Type F transmission, which we got here as well yep. for all the guys that are racing and that. Um, they do they do the diff oils like synthetic range and your normal. Um, and it's been really good, good product. We also do now for the VP oils, yep. um, the full synthetic for the race guys, mm-hmm. the guys that want a full synthetic. Um, yeah, that's in a small range, but yeah, we do it for the guys that want to run the full, full synthetic and try to get every little bit of power out of it. Okay. You know what I mean? Yep. Sandro, tell us. I know, I know your own personal car, the XF. How, how is that? Is that, that going to make an appearance this year, this season? Yeah, um, believe it or not, um, with Simon as, as you know, he's a partner of the of the deal. Mm. Um, yeah, we've had a gearbox issue um, that obviously Simon's rectifying. We, um, I've had a cylinder head issue. I'm on my fifth set of cylinder heads now. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, we're, I'm going to try and make another appearance. It's just you know, with the business and that, it, it, it just takes a lot of time and and it takes a lot of money too. You know, yeah. so. Yeah. But yeah, no, it is. Um, we were pretty happy with the progress from where we were going back years ago to where we were last year. Unfortunately, Western Nationals, we had two two major problems that ended ended it real quick. Um, but yeah, it's very promising. Power wise, yeah, it's making good power. Yeah, what what probably some of our listeners don't know regarding the XF is that that's you race that in super well, a class we call super stock. Yes, um, CMS. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, so CMS. Um, so you're having, just so I can, we can explain it to our listeners, you're having to make some pretty serious horsepower from a, quite a small engine to be... Yeah, to, from basically, I'm going to use a factory, a cast iron head. Yep, yep. Um, 290 cubes flat tablet. We've got to, your power, we've got to do a weight break, which is 11.35 yep. horsepower per cube. Yeah. And... Um, so basically, yeah, the car weighs 3,300 and something pounds. I think 3,320 to be exact. Yeah. And we can only use OEM heads, cast iron head. Yeah, yeah. Um, a world product head and can only be a flat tapper. Yeah, okay. So uh, we, we're we making well over two horsepower per cube. Yeah. I mean, looking from the outside as well, that, that car looks completely factory. Like it, you could drive it down the street and no one, no one would even know really. But um, yeah, it's yeah. really a, a, a good. It's a it's a, a credit to what SCM do there and yourself uh, that that car. Just um, want to touch on the Sora as well. How's that travelling this? Se- will we see that? Yeah, we're season? hoping to get out this season. Yep. Um, but I'd be touch and go. Definitely the new season will be out. Boys have just developed um, a set of cylinder heads, so they're getting there. They're getting yeah. there, and um, yeah, but that'll definitely be out. Yeah, okay. Definitely be out in the new season. Okay. And the other one in the stable is the VN, Stephanie's VN. That's quite a quite a uh, nice car as well. That's still in Super Street? Super Street, yeah. That's gone a best of a 10.13 or 10.14 by memory, 133 mile an hour. And that's got a two-speed power glide, Alice 1. Yep. Still got a little 3.9-inch ball. 
Um, yeah, it's good. It's been good. And that's a street-driven car, isn't it? That's a yeah, yeah. We have some fun on the street with that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, with the power glide. Yeah, happy days. No, it's a, a beautiful-looking car. That one. That one. I, it's it's one of my favourites. Yeah, and then we got the VL. Matt, remember Matt's black VL? Oh yes, yep. Is That'll that... be out hopefully the end of January. Oh, okay. Uh, we we're just working on his 308 now. Yeah, okay. So, All right. Yeah, you know, we go on NA to start off with. Yep. And yep. See how it progresses. Okay. And then yeah. Maybe at some stage put two turbos on it. Yeah. Okay. Oh wow. There we go. No, I didn't know about Matt's. Video. I knew. Yep. He, I knew he had the car. I thought it was off off the off the uh, radar at the moment. There you go. Yep. All right, Sandro. Look, I mean, um, look. I must say, thanks for all your help with the Camry. We we're slowly getting through it, as you as you know. You talk to yep. someone probably every day. So thanks for your guys, uh, SEM's help with that, and your help with that. Oh, uh, look. Appreciated. It's, it's only a small token. I mean, I've got, you know, like people say, oh, yeah, it's all about the business. I just want to make it be known. Um, our business won't, you know, it's not where it is today. If it wasn't for people like, like yourself and especially Simon at All Fast, you know, we, everyone goes, I use a lot husband and wife. Well, maybe we are, but for <laughs> people like himself that, that behind the scenes and what he does, um, yeah, the guy should be given a lot more credit, put it that yeah. way. Yeah. And I can't thank him enough for the amount of input he's, he's put in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now, well, we thank you for your time, Sandro, and, and Charlie, and uh, and everyone there at SCM, uh, and the, the, the wider SCM family. I know it's a, it's a good family-run business. Um, I've known Charlie for some time as well, and, uh, yeah, great family. No. All right, Sandro, All right. look, I'll let you get back to screwing motors together because I know you're pretty busy. So, look, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you. All right, Sandro, take care. See you, Nick. Thank See you. Bye-bye. I've also known Sandro for some time. I really, really appreciate his time and Charlie Golotto's time as well. So thanks, guys. Okay, a little bit of a different podcast, as I said this week. Um, really appreciate all of our listeners tuning in. Um, we hope you have a great Christmas and Happy New Year. And we'll see you all in 2018. Hopefully we get this Camry. Not hopefully, we will get this Camry on the track. And we'll see you all in the new year. Stay safe out there. See you guys. Talking power, stresses, all characters and events on this podcast, even those based on real people, are entirely fictional. All celebrity voices are impersonated poorly. We do not encourage street racing or the use of turbochargers.